In every coffee shop, library, co-working space, there are ascenders working tirelessly to achieve greatness in their chosen field. Entrepreneurs, authors, musicians, speakers, all soaring towards their definition of success. You haven't seen their names in magazines or history books yet. I'm James Darty, and this is The Ascenders. Anne Coyle is one to never let anything stand in her way. Raised in the Pacific Northwest, she learned early on that fashion was her one true passion and set out to do anything she could to jump in, which oddly took her down a path of becoming a computer scientist. After an impromptu trip to London, she fell in love with the city and is now there dancing in the thunderstorm of the field she loves. She also hopes to one day start a venture capital firm focused on representation in all areas. She is truly remarkable and driven. Here is my talk with Margaret Ann. Yeah, my girlfriend, she, since she's been here, she's developed like a American Scottish accent. So (laughs) we went to like this local Scottish festival. And of course, there's no actual Scottish like people there. But then there was this one guy with a Scottish accent. She was like, oh, wow, you have somebody from Scotland. Went up to him, said, hey, you know, where are you from? And he's like, oh, I'm from, I think he was Glasgow or whatever. He's like, oh, I'm from Glasgow. And she's like, oh, I'm from Edinburgh. And he's like, oh, I thought you were American. And she was like, whoa. <laughs> That's the most heartbreaking thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> she felt so um, sad. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I meet another American, I'm like so excited. And then it's like, no, you don't. You don't see me that way. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Seattle, Washington, just right outside of Seattle in a little area called Bellevue. And then I moved to Southern California, uh, where my mom is from. And then I did a study abroad in Rome. And then from there, I moved to London and I've been there since. Oh, wow. What was the hangout spot? And I mean, I'm sure in Seattle, there was a ton of hangout spots. What was like your hangout spot when you were like 10 or in your teens? That's an interesting question. Um, Honestly, I've been a runner, um, and so it was just probably in like weird, weird, weird trails. I don't know. That's the only place <laughs> I can think of where, if I wasn't at school, I was at. I was probably just running somewhere. It's such a specific, uh, a Pacific Northwest answer. Like I know something in nature. <laughs> and that's when I knew I needed to get out of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's really all that's coming to mind. Yeah. That's all good. Uh, what did, uh, so what was your support system like? What was your relationship with your parents? My relationship with my parents. So I'm the youngest child by uh, my brother, six years older than me. My sister's four years older than me. So it was nice because I felt like I had, I felt like I had siblings, but then, you know, they went to high school or college, weren't around much. So I also kind of felt like an only child. And at that point, honestly, I think my parents were just like, you know, why do we have another, third, why do we have a third child? Okay. And so they just kind of started, you know, they, I always felt like I had a lot more of a, a friend relationship with my parents than, um, than being like, you know, scary, authoritative figures who were t- trying to, you know, tell me right from wrong. So it's always been um, pretty um, more, uh, yeah, a, a, a lot more casual, uh, which, you know, there, there were ups and downs like everybody though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you said your dad moved to Seattle from London. What was the, what was the reason? 
Oh, from from Scotland. Um, oh, Scotland. Sorry, yeah. Glasgow. Yeah, I I don't care about the difference. He would care about the difference. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Um, no, my girlfriend cares about the difference very much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a big. Yeah. Um, he just moved. Uh, I think he he just wanted an adventure. He moved to Southern California. He wanted the sun. I think wanted to meet meet some uh, Southern California girls, which he did and married. <laughs> and, um, and then yeah, he just started his career there and has been there ever since oh that's really cool um so what was your so growing up Pacific Northwest you have some friends good some siblings what did you want to be what was your what was your aspirations so I wanted to be an astronaut actually mm. I really really wanted to be an astronaut um and then that died uh in a sudden event when I was I think I don't know, I was young, I think I was around 10, and I got really, really, really ill uh, on, a, on a holiday, and then I was coming home, and the air marshal had to tell my parents to uh, get me off the flight. Um, so after getting kicked off an airplane at the age of 10, I no longer wanted to be on an aircraft anymore. <laughs> um, so, good guy, astronaut. Um, and then from there, I've always really liked the, um, you know, what I've wanted to do has has changed a little bit, but the consistency has always been that I like to do something where there wasn't a set answer where I had to kind of had an end goal, but you know the path was ambiguous. So it ranged from being like an FBI agent and detective, and then um, and then more into the fashion sector, and then uh, I was in studying computer science undergrad, and then when I switched here, I switched to um, business business degree. Um, but I've always wanted, I've never in my life have I not had an answer to the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? I've always been certain, even though it's changed a lot. That makes any mm. sense. I mean, that's a lot of changes. I just, I think that's really funny. I mean, I just would love the idea of a astronaut fashion mogul FBI agent. Like I, I would so. watch that. I would watch that TV show. I would, yeah, I would too. And no, I'm still young, so I still feel like, <laughs> hey, the world is my oyster, That's you true. know. <laughs> One of uh, this guy I love, his name is Charlie Rocket. He's like an inspirational speaker, and he goes around in this bus, and people write their dreams on it. And he had this little mm -hmm. kid. Um, this little kid was like, I want to be an astronaut cop. And Charlie, Charlie Rocket was like, Okay, you know, you dream, little kid. That's awesome. Then, yeah. and the next day, uh, the government announced Space Force, and oh, they were like. God. They were like, this kid was on another level. He knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably the only other person that would have come up with the idea that Trump is going to announce a space force. But, okay, yeah. Um, that's funny. That's so funny. Uh, so what were, what were the changes for? Was there, uh, a, did you, have you struggled with um, commitment? No. Um, they've always been very logical transitions to me. To me, like in my mind, it really made sense how one led to the other. Um, like, for instance, from the fashion perspective, I've always loved fashion my entire life. But growing up in the Pacific Northwest, um, you know, there's not really career paths there and it seemed as very frivolous. So that was always kind of this like closeted, no pun intended, like obsession of mine. Mm -hmm. um, and the way I kind of packaged that to make sense to other people and to kind of get a, you know social approval there is thinking I would study computer science and then uh, use that to kind of hack my way into the fashion industry probably going into um, like 
the engineering department at like Net-A-Porter or uh, kind of like a an online um, luxury fashion player. So that's kind of the, the back door that I was trying to get into with a computer science degree. Mm. Um, but then I, I really like computer science. It definitely was, a, it was, it was academically uh, difficult, no doubt. Um, but then I was just kind of like, fuck it. Sorry, wait, can I swear in here? Yeah, yeah go for it. Okay. I was just, yeah, I just one day was kind of like, fuck it. I'm only doing this to make other people happy. If I want to like, I, you know, um, I've always had kind of like on entrepreneurial idea of what I'm going to do. So I figured if I really need engineers, I can hire them. Like I don't need to study computer science. So other people will think that what I'm doing is, um, is, you know, logical or makes sense or isn't, uh, frivolous and stupid and crazy. Why? I'm so itch- I love the idea of you um, being like, okay, well, I want to get into fashion. So I'm going to do it in this way where I come in as a computer scientist and then eventually move in. Why did you feel you had to, um, you had to go that route though? Why did you feel like you had to do the go around? The go around? Well, for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, I like to shop and entry level positions in the fashion industry do not pay well. <laughs> um, <laughs> Very true. Computer science positions do. Very um, true. But, and, you know, also, I didn't, um, I think no matter what you do, you have to figure out what, you're, what you want to do. You have to figure out what your skills are and where they align and kind of what's your competitive advantage. And growing up, um, I was always, I always liked science and math. Um, it's not like it came super easily to me, but it, it, it somewhat did. And so I figured that that would be kind of a really great angle um, to come in at instead of just all of a sudden I'm graduating into a field of hundreds of thousands of young women and men who, you know, love fashion and love clothes. Like I, mm-hmm. I needed to figure out something where I could, um, you know, be a bit unique. And then the other side of that was definitely in Pacific Northwest, there's not really um positive feel like it's viewed as very like superficial and um you know not very rigorous or, or challenging and just kind of um like you know it's associated with like a lot of insecurity and so even though i knew that wasn't how i viewed the fashion industry i wasn't really confident enough to um just trust my gut and um you know go with it full on hmm i gotcha so you said when you were doing computer science, you eventually realized, you know, this is somebody else's dream. Well, not somebody else's dream, but you were doing it to make other people happy rather than yourself. Was there like, was that always present? It was just, it built up or was there a moment where you just went, that's it? Well, <laughs> I mean, I actually wouldn't say it was so much to do other, to make other people happy. I've never like, Truthfully, I don't know if this sounds bad or not, but I've never really been a people pleaser. Like I've never <laughs> been someone who's like, I have to make everyone happy. No, yeah. I haven't felt that way, which maybe doesn't sound good, but whatever. I mean. um, <laughs> so it was, I guess it was just more to kind of like, um, almost explain myself to other people or like make, make sense. Um, or so I wouldn't be viewed some way. I don't know. But and, you know, the other side of it is honestly, I really liked it. Like, um, I, I currently work in, in tech. I really, really like that, um, the, the tech industry. And so uh, there was definitely a part, a part of it there, which still is like, even after I dropped the computer science part, um, I still kept on studying it by myself. Um, but that. there was a moment, uh, I was like, 
I think it was, I, I can't remember what season it was, but you know, there's like um, fashion week twice a year. And in class, I was literally, I was in computer science class and I was literally just live streaming fashion week <laughs> and just like my professor was up, you know, teaching something. And I was like watching the Chanel show. And then I was like, what the hell am I doing here? And then I had a meeting with one of my professors and he was like, so like, what do you want to do with your computer science degree? And I was like, oh, like fashion. <laughs> he was just like, okay, like, how are you going to translate this? And I was like, oh, I, I don't care. I'm just going just just to do it. it. <laughs> and then, right, I should, I need to change this. <laughs> this. This needs to adjust. I love that. I'm sure he's never heard that answer before, which is what I love. Probably not. He yeah. did look a little surprised. <laughs> he's like, did you, fashion, did you say Facebook? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's funny. So, okay. So you, so what was the transition? Like you said, you changed to business, right? Yeah. I just, um, I walked out of the computer science department I walked to my um, counselor and said, I'd like the, the, uh, major change sheet and just did it on the spot. There was no, like, I know a lot of people when they change majors, they're like, Oh, I got a, this dramatic phone call to the parents and the, uh, like oh, the, no. the dread. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. My, my parents, even even my dad was just like, I'm like, you can hire engineers one day. Like, it's fine. I love um, and so, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're cool like that. That's, that's so like freeing. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm very fortunate. My parents have never tried to like, you know, live out their dream via me, which um, I never mm. appreciated enough. But now that I'm older, it's, uh, yeah, I, I really, really appreciate that about them. That's important. That's a level of contentness in your parents. That's like, that's really honorable. Is oh, totally. Yeah. So, where does Rome fit in? So Rome, um, Rome was actually just my study abroad. Um, okay. I was studying, I was studying Italian, um, and yeah, I can't remember why I chose the location. I, you know, I've always really liked like um, history, and Rome is just so rich in in mm, history. Absolutely. So yeah, I went there. Fantastic. So. Now the big question, where did London come in? Because now you've <laughs> upped and moved everything to London. Well, if you want a wild story. Um, oh, absolutely. Well, I'm here. <laughs> so I, I, I was in Rome. I was having, uh, for a variety of reasons, I was having um, some, it was a really dark and difficult time for me, actually. Um, and then in the last two weeks, uh, my brother called me and he was like, Actually, he, he didn't call me. This is funny. He only texted me. And he just said, like, oh, uh, early Christmas present. Choose a city in Europe you want to go for the weekend. And, like, the trip's on me, which was, like, wow. so nice. That's I was so nice. completely not. Like, that was, like, the nicest, most random act of kindness ever. Um, and I was just, like, oh, like. I, London hadn't even been on my list because I'd been here when I was younger, but I think I was just craving some sort of like familiarity and I was like, I can go to Whole Foods here. Great. I'm going to go to London. Um, so I flew into London and honestly, I can't even describe it. It was just like the plane landed and I just felt a level of comfort I hadn't felt in such a long time. And it was just like, I love the people. I love the diversity. It was great. Um, and so, but I mean, I was only here for like 48 hours. And so I went back to Rome. And then I landed and I called my parents and I was like, guys, I'm moving, I'm going to move to London. And when I, when I come back from Rome and um, they were like, uh, sure. And I was like, can I, uh, you know, it was, it was almost Christmas time. And I asked for my Christmas present early um, so I could go back to London the following weekend um, just to like scope it out more. So I went back to London 
then I came back to Rome. I caught the last flight back that would get me back to Rome in order to get my flight back to the US. I had like 12 hours from the time I landed from London to get back home, pack everything, then move back to the US. I moved back to the US and then, um, you know, you just, do, you, you just do your semester abroad, so you're expected to go back to university after Christmas, the Christmas holiday. Um, but I said, you know, I want, to, I want to take this semester off and I'm going to figure out how I can move myself to London. Um, and like, to be completely honest, a lot of like my friends in my social circle kind of just like laughed at me and thought I was a bit crazy. And we're like, okay, like this is a phase, like she'll just take the semester off and come back to USD, like we, you know, whatever. Um, but I was, I mean, like the, the wheels were turning in my head. I was like, this, this is happening. And so um, then I told my parents in the spring that I was gonna go on like a five day holiday to London to kind of like scope it out a little bit more, see if there's anywhere I could live, job, university. So I went on a five day holiday and then uh, I called my parents the day before my my return flight. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not coming back. Um, wow. And then I for an apartment and have been here ever since. Whoa, so how long has it been? Little bit over three years. Three years, yes. That is amazing. Uh, where did, so you said you've always had this entrepreneur idea. Where did this like go getter, just do what I just do it attitude comes from? Because like you said, your friends thought you were, you know, they thought you were. Oh, here she goes. She's having a phase. But you did it. You went. Yeah. You've been there three years. You know, honestly, I've always kind of just had that in me. Like I've never. Um, it thing is, it's never. It was never particularly intentional. It's just like I'm a very instinctual person, and that's mm. just where I, you know, my instincts are. Um, I've, yeah, I've always just kind of, to me, like everything in life is so, uh, it's so temporary, even like the friends that you have, um, where you live, what you do, it's all going to go away at a certain point, um, whether you move or they move or you have a career change or whatever. So it's like, you can't base your life around something that is going to, that is going to change. And that is so, um, just like particular to your environment because that could change in a second. So uh, you just, you, the only thing that is consistent is, you know, you and that, yeah, kind of like relationship you have with yourself. So you just need to honor it. Mm, all that. So what's, is there fashion in London? Is that, is that what's going on? You saw, or you said you work at a tech company now? Oh yeah. So, um, so I'm actually just about to graduate from university, but, um, I, so I, the reason I'm particularly like London is that it takes fashion very seriously. It's the second largest industry above auto uh, above, above uh, the automobile industry mm -hmm. in the UK. So it's really well respected, um, which I appreciate top talent. Um, I mean, the people here in the fashion industry are at the top of the top of their game, uh, which I love. Um, it just motivates you so much. And there's so much, you know, just excitement on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'm a big fan of COVID aside, I'm a really big believer in the importance of proximity to just always be surrounded in, you know, high energy and uh, very talented people. Um, so that's what I really liked about, about London. Does it empower you that there's so much around or does it worry you because it's a, f a lot of people there who are trying to do the same thing as you? No, I love competition. Oh, <laughs> I that's... love competition. Um, it just so yeah, it's it's motivating. Oh, that's cool. So, as Alex calls it, um, dancing in the thunderstorm, so you get struck by lightning. So your uh, so your thunderstorm is London for your fashion. And what... I certainly, yeah, I've certainly taken advantage of that and totally missed opportunities. Yeah, fashion. no. 
No, that's actually what I was going to say next. So tell, tell us about like what kind of opportunities you've you've found so far. <laughs> um, I guess like just the reason I laughed is just because there's like weird ones with me being like somewhat creepy towards <laughs> towards people. No, like, I love that. Meeting them. Um, there's there's plenty of those, especially in like my first month in Linden. Like I did weird stuff to like try to meet people um, in terms of like just like sneaking into places. I should clarify. Um, but... No, oh, please, please elaborate. I want to hear one of these stories. Oh, um, if you're comfortable with it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not I mean. It's not like I did anything <laughs> or anything. Yeah. Um, when I was, I guess one that comes to mind. Uh, I was. I had been in London for about a year, and um, I don't know if you've heard of Dion von Furstenberg, but she's like a designer and kind of an icon and mogul that I've always really been a big fan of. But it was funny because she was. You know how Alex talks about the idea of like indirect mentors. Well, she has really always been an indirect mentor to me. Um, I reread her novel on like the way over to, she has like a memoir. I reread it on the way to London and so much stuff had like stuck with me and resonated with me. And I saw on Instagram that she was in London and I was like, I have to meet her. I don't know how I'm gonna meet her, but I have to meet her. And so uh, her store um, was somewhere in, uh, or her, her store is in London. And so I was like, well, maybe there's a chance that she's gonna be, you know, in the store. So I was, um, and the funny thing is, is I was about to move from one flat to another in like 24 hours and none of my packing boxes had arrived. And so I was like, okay, well, like, I know I'm supposed to move really soon, but like, I can't do anything about it. Like all my stuff is not packed at all. Like whatever, I'm just going to go and try to meet her. And so I went into the store and it was like, she wasn't there, but it was really clear that there were some like PR people from their head office that were there. And so I was like, I bet they're planning something. So I like eavesdropped. And I heard them talking about um, this like party that they were having uh, the next day with her, um, this like private shopping and kind of like um, open discussion event. She does like a lot of kind of like discussion events on women empowerment. So I was like, great, I have to meet her. And I, uh, over, and the awkward thing is it's like, it's a small store. So like when you go in, all the sales associates like recognize you and I had been in a few times before. So like they knew me and um then, okay, so I heard that they were planning the store, the store, but, or like this party, but I couldn't go up and ask them because it's not like I was one of their like VIP clients. Like it's, you know, it's in like one of the most expensive areas in London. Like I'm not like dropping a ton of money there every week. I mean, you, you haven't even unpacked your apartment yet. Like you just, you just got there. Oh no, this was like a year in, but I was like, oh, I was okay, moving you're moving flat. Sorry. Yeah. But I heard the name of the person who was planning the party from the PR team. So I um, hopped on, I hopped on Instagram and I like DM them and I said, Hey, like, I'm, I know you're planning this or I don't know if you're planning this party. I like didn't want to give her all my secrets. I was like, Oh, if you have any events, like I'd love to go. And I specifically sent it to my Instagram account so they could click on my Instagram page and like see that I wore a ton of their clothes. Cause like, right. thankfully like my top like nine pictures were all in one of their dresses. And then they gave me the name of someone to email and I emailed her super vaguely and was just like, Hey, uh, it was suggested that I contact you for an invite to uh, this party tomorrow. I didn't leave like, yeah, I just said like, I was suggested that I contact you. And then she emailed back and I was like, great, you're on the guest list. So I was like, sweet. Well, unfortunately I came went back to my flat and I didn't know, you know, I didn't, I, I was like packing everything. I didn't really think clearly cause like my mind was a mess. And I packed all of my clothes except for the same outfit that I was wearing from like the day before. So I like went to this party in the same outfit that I was wearing the day before, which was like awkward because all the sales associates like 
first of all, they knew who I was. They knew I wasn't invited to the party. And I was like wearing the same clothes as before, as the day before to like a really like high-end event. Um, but I just like walked in super confidently and I was like, my name's on the list, you know? Um, <laughs> and so I got to meet her and like have a pretty long conversation with her. And it was just, it was so special to me. Um, I have the dress that she like picked out for me. Um, Whoa. What was that like? It was so special. It was so special. It was just like one of those things that I'll never forget. And it was a really great, like, she was one of those people that was, is one of those people that like, when you walk, when she walked in there, you knew that was her shop, whether or not you knew her name was Dion von Furstenberg or not. Like she walked in and she owned that place. Mm, of course. Um, yeah. I, that I, you know, I love, I love seeing that much energy and, and confidence from a person. Uh, tell me like so when when i hear these stories i love them but the the question that always comes to me is like um what did you say to her what was like what was the first thing you said to her that led to this fantastic conversation what did i say oh i told her that i read actually this is funny i um i told her i was like you know i read your book when i was flying over here for a holiday and i ended up you know just gave me so much confidence that like i moved here um and i pulled so much of my confidence from your book and she was like you're the second person that's told me that today oh wow <laughs> i'm dying to know who this first person is in london yeah. <laughs> I haven't come across that person yet um uh, but it was funny and like you know i talked to their um head of their head designer there um and he's been a successful designer for like 10 years but this was his first year at dvf and it was funny because he was telling me he was like honestly, I'm so nervous. Like he was, he was standing in the corner awkwardly during this event and was just like, I'm so nervous for this collection to come out. Like all of you guys are such loyal clients. What if you, what if it comes out and like everybody hates it? And so it's those kind of things when you're like, you're, you, you're one of like the most important people in this room, but yeah. you still feel, you know? And that's so interesting. Yeah. Like that, that human element, you think these people are like, they're at the level you want to be and you're like, oh, they've done it, but they're still, yeah, you know? it's like you realize those negative thoughts aren't, you think they're situational, like it's just because of X, Y, and Z, but like it's not situational. Like it 100% mm. has to do with, you know, with you. That's such a cool story. So what's next? So, um, oh, another another weird thing about me. Uh, so I'm a boxer, um, oh, which cool. I picked up here. Um, so I want to uh, continue. COVID's killing me because I miss sparring so much. Um, and so I will be continuing with boxing and trying to get to as high level as I possibly can. Um, and then now that I'm just graduating, I'm uh, yeah figuring out exactly the next steps in my career. I've been very fortunate to have a job the past two years, which I've just absolutely loved. Um, and now I'm kind of pursuing the different options that I see on the table and seeing really what's best fit for me. Mm. So there do you want to share some options? I'd love to hear some. Well, I'm trying to decide. Um, I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to stay in the tech sector or whether or not I want to try to transition to the fashion sector. I don't think I do right now. I think I kind of like staying in the tech sector right now. Also, you know, the other side of it is, especially during COVID and kind of this back voice I've had in my mind for a long time is it's like, you know, we all have to do shit that actually matters. and mm. Honestly, I fucking love fashion so much. Like to me, the beauty, to me, uh, that like the beauty it creates in this world, the self-expression, the story behind the garments. I love that. 
but I'm also like, people are literally dying right now, even COVID aside, there's so much stuff going on in the world that I see how technology can make that world better. And um, so I need to figure out exactly how fashion fits into that. Um, given the way that fashion like pollutes the, the, um, the, you know, caught on, honestly, fashion is like the industry, industry, the toll it takes on human lives, uh, especially in Asia is just awful. It's really, really awful. And the waste and there's so much about it that I think can change and can change positively, but I need to figure out exactly what I would be doing in it that I feel like would be, um, productive and value add to society. How cool is that? That is I just love that so much because you love fashion so much that you want to use any skill you have to make it better. Like you want to use your computer science background to help build this, or you want to clean up the fashion thing. It's just like, I I could just feel that passion. I love that. So I cool. appreciate you saying that because truthfully, a lot of times it just feels like, uh, gosh, like, you know, how, how exactly is this all going to work out? And it feels mm-hmm. a little, um, it's never felt like chaotic in my mind. Like in my mind, I've always kind of, um, it's, it's made a lot of sense to me, but you know, when I'm trying to explain it to other people, they're like, what you like fashion and technology? Like, how does that even make sense? I'm like, it just does. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) I had a friend in, I had a friend in college and she wanted to do nature and computer science. And everyone was like, well, that doesn't make sense. Are you going to code trees? And she created. (laughs) Yeah. That's actually like structure in computer science but anyway (laughs) i don't think we were that deep in knowing that Uh, but so she ended up working with the department to create a major that involved like uh i forget it was like environmental computer planning or something and she was the first ever person to graduate in that department and now it's like now it's a whole major and now they have people every year graduating which is so cool now she works in um now she works helping with human trafficking to use computer wow. to to help diminish it, which is amazing. Oh my god, um, that's incredible! But just the the fact that you can use you don't you don't you're not in a box is so empowering. Like you can use your computer science to help fashion. You can use your is is beautiful. Thank you for saying that. It's it's funny that phrasing that you use there because that's what I uh, the not being stuck in a box because that's something that for me is like kind of my tagline I guess for my lifelong mission. Um, like you know when I was I don't want to get too off track here, but um, like when I was uh you know when I was younger I was always super super nerdy. I was really into, I was pretty nerdy and I was really uh, sporty as well, and I kind of had this idea that like. Uh, okay, and the other thing too is puberty hit me hella hard. Like I don't think I was like on a one to ten scale. I was like probably below a three. <laughs> like, and so I just kind of felt like, okay, this is a box I'm in. Like I'm just kind of like the introverted nerd. Um, and then when I started to get more into fashion, I was like, oh my gosh, if I like get into fashion, people are gonna think I'm like stupid and this whole part of my identity being tied up in like getting good grades like that's gonna go out the window what are you know what are people gonna think of me what am I gonna think of myself blah 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 so I like tried to like like kind of closet that side of myself um and then eventually it was just like so stupid like I was like no like this is you know I I don't I don't care what the like cutter is like I was always um yeah I just never really fit in in high school I could never 
really be in like the cool crowd or the sport crowd mm. or the, you know whatever and so and then as i got older um because it is weird that i'm techie and that um i do a very um male dominated dominated sport um sport as well and i also i mean like i wear pink every single day if i'm not wearing <laughs> pink i like die a little bit inside um you're I'm like, the, you're like the l woods of I am boxing and tech. (laughs) That's basically it. Like I wear so much pink and then my coach one day was like, please stop wearing so much pink. Um, (laughs) And, and so it's like, I've just always existed between the different worlds and saying that, um, but it's like, you know, I really want other women to feel that way too, that, and men, um, that there's not one, you know, you you don't have to be cookie cutter. It's it's fine. So say seven years from now, um, you know, everything goes right what you want to do do you have like a a vision is there is there like a combination like do you gonna release fashion line or are you just you're just playing it day by day oh no i've got major vision like i have a whole vision board over that yes. i have it like written down over there i have like four posters of everything i want um but i definitely try to think like i don't like to think one to two years in advance i'd rather think like 10 years in advance and work mm-hmm. back from there so for me, what I would like to be doing in like 10 to 15 years is I want a really, really big investment firm and I want to invest in um, anything that would benefit women around the world. I'm particularly passionate about um, women, women in emerging markets and venture capital firms that are kind of socially conscious now focus a lot on where their investments go or um, focus now on like diverse founders, which I think is great. I'm a bit more interested in the other side where, okay, who's backing the VC firm? Who's people putting the money into the VC firm and thus making a lot of money on the backside. So I want to create a fund that's backed by a lot of like badass, rich and powerful women. And I'd like to use my fund to make them extra well, you know, um, make them more wealthy and to create that wealth that then gets poured back into the system as well. In addition to, um, you know, backing founders who are really doing something important. And what's hard about, um, because a lot of the work that I do in the tech sector is focused particularly on venture capital. And there's so much in the VC, the VC industry, the way it's, uh, what I I don't, I don't really like the sort of behaviors that it incentivizes. It's a lot of short-term thinking and thinking, okay, what's going to get me this return in three to seven years? You know, I'm just, I'm just not interested in that truthfully. Um, and so the way this kind of backtracks into fashion is that to have a VC firm, a lot of 99.9% of the time, you need to put a lot of your personal capital into it. So then I have to think, okay, what can I do to basically generate a F ton of wealth for myself? Well, where are my unique gifts in life? I'm good with a tech set. I'm good with fashion. Great. So let me double on down on that for the next seven years. And it could be seven years. It could be honestly 17 years. And I guess what? If it's 17 years, I'll end up being, I'm 23 now. I'll be end up being 40. Well, if I start a VC from it when I'm 40, that's still pretty young. That's fine. I don't need to win overnight. Absolutely. You know, I just need to win term. So I want to spend the next, I'm going to say seven years, maybe 17 years um, <laughs> doing that. And, you know, I also need to um, remind myself that like the only way to get that true level of, of wealth is I need equity. And so I need something that is uh, my own. I need my own company. I love what you said. The 
if it's seven years or 17 years, I, I've been going through that some re- revelation too. It's like, if it's really my dream, if it's going to, it's going to be my dream now and it's going to be my dream in 17 years. So exactly. might as well just fucking do it. You know? Exactly. I love and that. It, it's like this idea of making women wealthy. Like I, I think again, so much of the focus is like who the, um, you know, kind of looking at like, I don't want to say the low hanging fruit, but like, you know, entry level positions, things like that, looking at diversity there, which is really important. I'm a lot more interested in the people who are writing the checks being diverse and the top level executives um, being diverse. And from there, I think it will all filter down. Like, I just think, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about diversity, but I, I hate the idea of saying like, I don't know if this is controversial. This might be controversial. Hot Sorry. take. It's juice yeah. of the podcast. Hot take not, alert. Not, you know, I'm not a huge fan of like quotas saying like, okay, we need this percentage of our workforce to mm. be women. I don't like that at all. Um, like I just, yeah, it goes back to what, what it incentivizes. And I think truthfully, like women are really smart. We don't need a, we don't need a hand, you know, we it's don't need insulting. a hand out. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and I hear a lot of men in the tech sector say, like, in order for us to get more female engineers, we have to lower our, um, you know, people take like intake tests for coding, like we have to lower our, our acceptance numbers, um, which, again, I think that's just, I just think that's BS. And I think so much of it has to do with like, when you're growing up and when you're a young female, if you can look up and you can see someone who's in a powerful position who like actually looks like you, whether or not we want to admit it, like that's really important. And so I want to make sure we get as many women to the top as possible in a way that doesn't, um, that doesn't uh, hurt, hurt men along the way too. I had, you know, I'm not really not a big fan of the whole um, kind of men hating thing mm. that I see. Long. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Uh, no, I love that. You're. I've definitely. I've definitely. My uh, my girlfriend's very big into feminism as well, and she feels the same way. It's like, yeah, quotas are cool to get people in, but the yeah. lower standards is just insulting to people and their abilities. Like these people are qualified. These people are smart people. You know, they should deserve yeah. respect. Oh, absolutely. It also changes, like, okay, what the sort of like hiring, um, the way we hire as well, like looking looking at phrasing. There's a lot of like subconscious bias that in one hundred percent. But um, yeah, and I, I don't want to discredit that whatsoever. Um, but like, you just have to think, okay, what can I do? I'm a woman. The best thing that I can do is to be like the absolute best version of myself, and be like, okay, you might not want me at the table, but like my results speak for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. It's be so good you can't. They can't ignore you no matter who you are, if you're a man, woman, any gender. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. All right, Uh, Margaret. So we're going to wrap this up. I always end each episode with what's called the greatest gift. Uh, We learned from our friend Keyshawn. So the greatest gift you gave me today was I love your idea of angles and, you know, I want to work in fashion. You know what? I'm going to get a computer science degree and then go around and work in fashion in the computer science. And now it's like, I'm going to better fashion in this way or with this skill. And now I'm going to do this. I love your concept of that. And it just opens so many opportunities of thought on how to accomplish dreams that people just sometimes don't realize is there. And the fact that you're just doing it fearlessly, I mean, you know, relatively fearlessly. It's uh, not that fearless. I have plenty of sleep. I know. <laughs> everyone, everyone has fears, I'm sure. I'm sure you do as well. But to, to do it in a way that's so courageous is just so inspiring. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that. 
Absolutely. And I am so excited for your VC firm in seven to 17 years, which seven is seven, maybe that will be the name of it. Seven, seven to 17, 17 years. <laughs> like <Yeah>. that. <laughs> That's going to change the way people, people invest. So thank you so much for being on the show. If you like this, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find us. And the greatest gift you gave me today is your time, attention, and open mind. Keep ascending.